Coming to you from top secret field offices worldwide, brave men and women fight a battle for truth, justice, and good clean data. These agents of change make up the Bureau of Records, Objects, and Standards. They are the Data Bros. Welcome to Data Bros, a comic book industry podcast about comic books, comic data, the comic industry, and running a retail comic store. I'm checking in today from the Bureau of Records, Objects, and Standards. I'm your special agent in charge this week, Brian Garside, and with me are special agents Jeff Figley. Jeff, bring in the intro music. Yeah, that's how All we right. do it, right? <laughs> special agent Django Boren. Finally, some music, Jeff. You want me to like play it live each time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that. I think that's perfect. I'm like, I really looking forward to the orchestral one live. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it's gonna be it's gonna be fun every week. A bunch of strings. We said here. 76 people, right? We're gonna have 76 people doing. The mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how you're gonna fit them all into that room, but oh, I'll right, do it in so. a different room that time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. No yeah. yeah. Like, well, you gonna put episodes. like bongos and uh, and violins on the wall of this other room, or what? No, I'll keep my bongo in another room. Okay. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's get started with data broification. And this is like it's three weeks now. Jeff, you got that. Broification. Like I thought it was going to be recorded and we'd have it because I haven't seen it in my inbox. Uh, okay, well, here's the thing Django is a huge proponent of live music. So I was absolutely of the understanding it would be played live each time Django says if it's not real he doesn't feel it yeah yeah but I, i'm surprised you like recorded music brian i thought we were like so I, hot well like i can't really cut it in though if we don't have it as a. so what you're a, saying like, is I that was a, a miscommunication file. on my part yeah like it's i need fine. File, we'll, we'll right? fix it next week okay okay we'll fix, we'll fix, it, in, we'll like, fix it in post yeah, yeah. i mean that, never ends that is all about too. slushy uh iteration right <sighs> all right it's just a never-ending thing with you two Fellas, let's wrap up our 2023 best of with our 2023 best selling trades and hardcovers. Yeah. This one surprised so, me. Well, so Jeff, this one is actually, oh, no, 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 never mind. I, I did a smart and combined books and graphic novels when you ask mm. for one, you get both. So I'm going to be honest, and I don't know how accurate this one is. This is the one I am <laughs> least confident of the accuracy of. But Perfect. as I read these, so I straight up don't even recognize like three of the titles that are in this. So that's mm. not unusual. Even though I swim in the data every day, I often go, huh, what's okay. Spy X Spy volume 32? And how that's is manga, that baby. volume 32? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, so do you want to go through yours and then we'll go through ours since we do could, that. Yeah. Like it sounds, it sounds like that would be a weird thing to compare if, if like, I'm pretty confident in, in our list. Being oh, well, real. Like this doesn't seem wrong. It's just, there's a couple things here that are surprising and might not be surprising. So why don't so, we, what, why don't we zipper this? I okay. will do number five. Okay. Then you do number four. And four then do and three. You, sorry. You do your five and four. Five, four. Yeah. And then I'll Got do it. my four, three and then. Okay. Django, so can you do? It. Can we do? Can we do two at a time for us? Because I think our top yeah. ten is fascinating. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah, you like guys want to? 
I can go 10. Let's do 10 just because yeah. I think the 10? conversation about where the book market is in comic shops right now is particularly interesting and that becomes even more clear for six through 10 for us. Okay. I love it. And I'm sorting by quantity sold, not dollars sold, right? That's correct. What That's doing. what I'm, cool. I'm sorting as well. Cool. Okay. Coming in at number 10 from Managed Comics. Cosmic Detective TPB with 64.52% awesome. of the number one. So, wow. That's really wow. cool. Our number so, 10. Sorry, Django, do you want to do it? No, no, go for it. Our number 10 is Spider Punk Band in the UK. Okay. That is a total surprise to me um, based yeah. on how many I ordered at initial and how many we've reordered. It's also a surprise to me because I haven't been reordering that book. Uh, we've passed on Penguin reorders to like an employee, and that's stunning to me. And that's 39%-ish of the top one for us. Okay. Do your number nine as well. Uh, Goodbye, Eerie. This is done. This is a manga by the manga ka who did Fire Punch and Chainsaw Man. Okay. Um, this was found by our manga expert Ashton. And again, I would not have known that we were even close to this number sold, which wow. is actually twenty nine. Same number as Spider. Same, same thing. So also thirty nine percent. My number nine is My Hero Academia graphic novel volume 33 with 62.37% wow. of uh, our number one. Now, would that is that a new My Hero Academia? Does that seem right? Yeah, that's one of that, that would have been a this year version. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then our number eight is Spiderman 2099 TPB Dark Genesis with 61.29% of our number one. That's, that's not Spider-Man. on our list. Wow. We don't have a single Marvel book on our list. Interesting. Except for Spider-Punk, but yeah. This is our only Marvel book on our list, actually. Uh, Number eight for us is Monstrous Volume 1. It's impressive Mm. to see that the Volume 1 of that series still has legs as long as it does. That's that's insane. 43% of our number, our top seller. Huh. What's your number seven? Chainsaw Man Volume One, so same creator as Number Nine. Uh, so two of our top ten books done by the same mangaka, coming in at fifty percent of our top seller. Okay, we'll check this out at fifty nine point one four percent of our top seller. Rocketeer Great Race trade trade oh, paperback. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. Did somebody accidentally order a hundred instead of ten? <laughs> I have no idea. That's but- wild. But That's right, wild. but right above that at 54.84% is Chainsaw Man graphic novel volume volume 13. So the okay. most recent Chainsaw Man that came out. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Um for us after that, we at number six are Saga Volume 11. Okay. Which is 52.7%. And then Sandman Book One. Interesting. At number five. And that one comes in at 54%. Okay, so our number five at 53.76% of our number one is 8 Billion Genies Deluxe Edition Hardcover Volume 1. Wow. Mm-hmm. Are you a Challenger's store? Yeah, but like a lot of our stores ended up getting um, uh, the the special book jackets. Like I know the Challenger Edition store. did, Challenger's did. Challenger's, Challenger's, store. Challenger's is uh, the... Challengers the Comics Conversation, they, they have another pod, uh, an industry podcast, and they talk a lot about being 
kind of buddies with Charles Soule. And I think they, they had a big promotion. Yeah. Um, well, so that. what's interesting is like a lot of our stores are heavy on manga and heavy on like kind of the book trade in general. So mm-hmm. um, like variant edition in Edmonton, they sell a ton of books every, every month. So we've got quite a few stores uh, books with pictures in um, Eugene mm-hmm. are also a very heavy, like graphic novel and manga store. So yeah, they, these numbers were kind of neat to see and they make sense because they're always the most recent volume of those things, right. which, which, which I is, is not for us, which is, yeah, I think an yeah. interesting offset. And so that probably makes sense in a per store basis. I would bet you that if I just looked at books with picture, which I can't do by the way, so don't worry, Andrea, I'm not going <laughs> to take a look at it. But if we were to just look at books with pictures, that might tell a very different story than like kind of a network effect of what we're seeing okay. here. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, what are your next two, Brybear? Uh, at number four, something is killing the children volume six at 49.46%. And then at 16.13% of number one, which is, this is going to get a lot tighter now is where the body was hard, hardcover, which I believe just came out. Um, 16% they're getting farther less than 16% less than less than. Yeah. So I've been been doing mine totally backwards. Yeah, my numbers are less than the the number one, which okay. I, is, probably doesn't make sense. Our number four is Saga Volume Ten, okay, which is uh, the same as the previous book, which is fifty four percent of the sales, or in Brian's terms, forty six conversion, forty six. Um, and then I should have done it the way you, yeah, that would have made way more sense. It would have, but number three is the Berserk hardcover volume one. And that's basically the same as those last two. Right. Uh, 54% of our number one. Okay. Uh, my number two is 99% of number one. So it's only 1.08 off of number one. And it is Saga Trade Paperback Volume 11. Wow. Huh. And your number one? Well, I got to hear, what's your number two? Oh, well, I, I would have guessed these as our top two. My number two is It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth Trade Paperback. Okay. 71% of and, our number one. And what's your number one? Our number one? ones are probably the same, right? What's your number one? TMNT lost last Ronin hardcover. Okay. Yeah. So this is where things don't make any sense for me. And this is why I question my number one. And I need to have Taras rerun this report someday because our number one is night fever hardcover brackets hmm. mature. I could read well, that I one. Can, I mean, if they have where the body yeah. was is a top five for you, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Was that, was that the, was that the one before Yeah, where the body was? It was the one before yeah. it had yeah. the whole year to sell. Like it came out yeah. in March or April and they did that, uh, the book plate. Sure. And we would have done reorders and stuff. So that does make sense. And yeah. it was yeah. the, like, they haven't done anything in the reckless franchise. Right. Since night fever and where the body was. So these, two, mm-hmm. so that was, that was the first non reckless <clears throat> one. So I, I could see all that. Well, there you go. That's our, our number one. I think it's fascinating. There's so many interesting points there. I think, you know, the fact that three of our top 10 are manga is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would have, I wouldn't have guessed it. 
Um, I think the distinction between volume number ones and current volumes between our two stores or two you know systems is really, really interesting. I think it implies to me that there's more room for us to be stocking the newest volumes of manga series. But it also implies that that's not what people are looking for at our store. We're getting people getting turned on to things in volume ones, which is fascinating. But then also it's lonely at the center of the earth being our number two. I would have guessed that we just can't keep that in store. And then last Ronin, I don't understand it, but it, every time I look at it, we're down to one copy of it. That makes sense. You, I, that, that thing sells like crazy across the I, board. I just noticed something, Jeff, I was scrolling down a little bit farther to see how long I'd have to go to find the next Marvel book that's in our top sellers. And it takes yeah. forever. But I just realized that how to talk to your cat about gun safety has a new printing out. And we've sold that would put that at our third bestseller. In that the doesn't surprise store. me. I think that shout out to Tim Stoltfoots, who runs a couple amazing stores in Texas. Uh, we're a big fan of his, but every store has those books. And when we were there visiting him, he shared the anecdote that God is disappointed in you is something that he can never find a ceiling for. As long as it's put in a place of prominence in the store, it will just sell. He noticed that because there was not any out when we went in. And he found three copies, moved it to a place of prominence. And the next day when we went back in, they had all sold. That's so talk, how to talk to your cats about gun safety is our sort of God is disappointed in you. Um, you find that culture of your town and there are just some things that will go forever. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. We'll get you right back to the show after these important messages. Bob here. I wanted to bend your ear for a minute. Let's get some music going first. Ah, uh, that's better. Let's talk about some of the shenanigans that our so-called chairwoman of the board of directors has been pulling of late, starting with this here podcast. Listen, in the words of my great-grandpappy, Turson Murphy, if you don't know about Murphy's apple juice, you don't deserve to have it in you. And that's why we don't do no podcast advertising. Why? The mere thought of it is enough to have my own dear old dad rolling over in his grave. And he's still with us. To recap, Murphy's ain't using some newfangled cockamamie fruit peel composted whatchamacallits to put her juice in. Nope. We're using the same bottles that we've been using for over 96 years. The bottles what brung us to the dance. Carrie can have her little marketing campaigns, but the buck stops right here when it comes to Murphy's apple juice. Remember the name Murphy's Apple Juice. It's the shape, not the taste, but it's also the taste, which is pretty dang good. You know what time it is? It's time to check in the sack of emails. Who did we hear from this week? Hey guys, episode one was awesome, and thanks for the shout out. It kept me warm while I did the cold, lonely work of FOC. Looking forward to episode two from Billy Flake, Director of Sales and Purchasing, Coliseum of Comics. Chad writes, Hey guys. Long-time listener here, smiley face, heard the inbox hasn't been flooded with emails, so here's one. Our best-selling comics that were released in 2023, variants, especially the Alex Ross, Timeless, and Disney 100 variants, definitely boosted some of these first issues and special issues, including all covers and printings. Now, Chad goes on to list like 20-some-odd titles, but we're just going to do the first five. Number one was Transformers. Thank you, Kirkman. Number two, Spy Amazing Spider-Man number 26, 86% of Transformers. 
Number three was Spider-Man number seven, 82%. Number four, Void Rivals number one, 77%. Thanks again, Kirkman. And number five, TMNT Last Ronin, Lost Years number one, 72%. And he says, I can't believe how well this one did. We made a slightly longer list going all the way to 38 to see where Saga fell. Spoiler alert, number 37. And Marvel was 21 of those 38, and one is a facsimile edition. DC was 9, Image was 4, IDW 3, and Dynamite 1. Regarding Vault's efforts, I posted this on the Facebook retailer group, but here it is again, slightly updated, since it was discussed on the podcast. We've given away over 250 copies of Unnatural Order number 1. We've sold 28 copies of number two so far, 15 subs rejected it, but there are still 13 in other subs files that just might buy it. It's our second best-selling vault second issue. Barbaric number two sold 40 copies across three covers. For Beyond Real, we've offered the second issue free if you buy a number one. We've sold 24 so far. 19 subs have rejected it, and it's still in eight subs as files. It's already our third best-selling vault number one, and that's not counting the free Unnatural Order number one. After Barbaric number one and Nasty number one. I'll call both situations a success for us, but as you mentioned, I can see diminishing returns on this. Happy to get free comics, but I really wish they wouldn't tell the world that we get them for free. Anywho, thanks for the podcast. That's from Chad Rivard, General Manager at Emerald City Comics. If you'd like your email to be read on Data Bros, drop us a line at podcast at databrosinc.com. Now let's get you back to the show. So let's get into a little bit of our industry yammer, fellas. Let's let's talk about series codes and trade paperbacks since we're talking about trade paperbacks here. Uh, I know every it feels like every distributor does this a little bit differently. And I know as part of the comment standard, which we'll talk about next week, that's that's mm-hmm. what the kids call in the industry call a, a preview or a tease, if you will. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the comic standard comet standard and what our recommendations for series codes are going forward but in the meantime let's talk a little bit about trade paperbacks and series codes what what are your thoughts on those broken they're broken they are broken everything's terrible (laughs) Ah, (laughs) comics are dying so what is awesome and what you know the two of you and comics pro and the common organization has been doing at large has been trying to unify data which a lot of that is barcode stuff but a lot of that is then tied into series codes issue sequence numbers so with issues in a store customers can subscribe to an issue like batman 133 134 135 and what we get from that data because it's in a series code that is all shared um for that series and that cover of that series you can see the sell-through history of how you sold on the previous five issues so you can inform how you're going to be ordering the next one trade paperbacks function very similarly they come out but if you're trying to get the next amazing spider-man volume you can see how the previous volumes did what they sold when they came out how many were kicked back etc what we're seeing a lot right now particularly from some companies more than others is trade paperbacks being solicited to stores without a series code what that means is that you can still order it just as easily as anything else but you'd have to place it in the series that uh, you want it to be in through either creating your own series code or trusting the ones that they've given you. Um, or you could not be changing it, which is what a lot of stores are having to deal with right now. What I think is fascinating is Marvel is a company where we see that problem a lot. We don't see graphic novels being added to series. So they look like standalone things. 
Um, and the byproduct of that is that we don't sell as many of them because we don't know that we can be selling them, which I think ties into our top 10 list of only having one Marvel book in there. The, the other so, thing that's happening is they're sometimes sharing a series code with the periodical, which is when you see like when you're getting ready to place your order and you're like, oh, why? Why is this prompting me to order 30 copies of the Venom trade paperback? Correct. It's because seen that in Marvel as well. Yeah, they've merged those together. And from my understanding, um, at least from the Penguin Random House side of where the data is coming from, that's kind of a standard for the book industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they they treat it as more of a family code than a format code. And you, so that's looking at format and series code to s sniff out what it is. Which sucks because Penguin Random House doesn't currently provide us with a format code. So right. we just know that it's a trade paperback and not a treasury size trade paperback or a hardcover. Um, so yeah, with with managed comics and particularly our Geek Fetch uh, database system, which uh, by the way, Django, I've mentioned a number of times that for a small retainer, you can have access to that data. <laughs> Geek Fetch is awesome when you showed it the way that, that with that uh, that that does a great job of making that information more usable. Yeah, so I, I you know I'll give a, a little bit of a backstory on it. Back in 2020, when the pandemic uh, happened, and we had suddenly got, went from one single distributor to three distributors, there was Lunar, UCS, and Diamond. Um, we had to have some way of tying all the different codes together. So we built this really, really quick and rudimentary system that I still kick myself about the data structure of because <laughs> it's still biting me in the butt years later. Um, but Comet is going to fix that, honestly. Like a lot yeah. of the stuff that we've figured out with Comet has really grokked for me the three different tiers of data that you need to create a product. And we'll talk about that again next week. This is a tease. Um, so the, the one thing that we did relatively recently was we couldn't trust series codes from distributors anymore, and specifically the publishers. Some of the publishers were using series codes more like a family code. So a good example was Titans, which at one point had Titans, had Tales of the Titans, mm -hmm. had Titans Connecticut Terrors, <laughs> and there was one more Titans book all at the same time or that all Amazon's had the same attack. series carry. Yeah, Amazon's Attack is another Wonder one where Wonder Woman family has been lumped. Wonder in Girl, Amazon's Attack, and Wonder Woman all had the same series code for a while. Um, so we basically based it off of the UPC code. So the UPC code has, and again, we'll break down a barcode in real oh, agonizing detail. I love it, people. Oh, it's going to be the best episode. <laughs> but the barcode can be used to infer a series code. So we did that. Now, unfortunately, trade paperbacks don't have a barcode that can infer the series code. Mm -hmm. So for them, we had to rely a little bit on the series code data that's coming in from the distributors and then we married that back to the series codes of the the comics. And what ended up happening, unfortunately, for about two months is that all of the comic series codes got tied into the trade paperback series codes. Uh, and luckily, some of our stores warned us about this and we got quickly, in there probably. and fixed. Yeah, we fixed the problem pretty quickly. I mean, when you are suddenly getting a request to order 43 copies of the wolverine trade paperback when you've only ever sold four that should be a pretty big red flag that you don't want to order 43 copies of that book yeah yeah um so yeah we we really quickly kind of resolved that issue and 
and get things under control. But it has resulted in a couple of stores, unfortunately, ordering 10 copies of the Treasury version of Darth Vader Black and Red White, which is the second time, I believe, that that book has come out. Because it and that's, came out originally as a trade paperback. That's great for sales for the publisher, but it's not real. It's it's, not it doesn't real indicate in- real demand. It doesn't. It, it doesn't help the stores that that are accidentally buying it and and it could cripple um, those stores right like like yeah. that is a significant outlay of money we're talking yeah. probably 200 bucks that you're outlaying for for that 10, many copies 100 so yeah that that type of data is super important in like day-to-day operations at our store I'm sure there are plenty of shops that, you know, do it by feel and don't rely on these series codes. But I think everybody who's um, using a computer system can really use that um, information to streamline their day and spend more time reading and selling comics. So uh, we're probably preaching to the choir or maybe I just say these things a lot. I don't I don't know how many people around me hear me say those exact same words as often as I say them. It's funny because I I hear those words because we talk about this like almost on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're preaching to choir here. Yeah, but with any luck, the comet standard is gonna is gonna help clarify that. I I don't think any of that is being done maliciously by the publishers or the distributors. I think it's um, well, yeah, ignorance has uh, has a negative connotation, but I think they just don't totally understand the potential fallout for retail because it's a couple steps removed from what they're doing on a day-to-day basis and i know that like when we spoke with publishers and distributors during the whole comet meetings there was a lot of light bulbs that went off in the very beginning when when folks saw like oh you use that data that way that no you shouldn't use it like that Right. We're like, no, you shouldn't provide it like that. (laughs) Or just name it something different. Give us both and and we can decide the best way to use it. Yeah. And that's the best part is like we discovered accidentally that there's some really cool data out there that we could be using. Like a family code, Mm -hmm. I think, would be super valuable. Like you you talk about your auto subs. God, this is almost a shortcut to your auto subs, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like we discussed last week. Um, before we had music for this podcast, mm, right? Um, the the, the making those connections, like anything we can do to automate and and give hints to the human who's making those decisions in our store, is an advantage that we have. Brian, sure. uh, your store that made that error with the Darth Vader, uh, how was it resolved? Did they pay a repacking fee and have it sent back to the distributor? Did they keep it? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, the last that they had said was that they had been refused to to take it back so they were gonna i just you know bring it up it's an interesting spot like where comic shops are like if we order stuff erroneously like that we are stuck with it a lot of times uh absolutely right after the blue beetle trailer came out they did the cool thing where they showed three covers of paperbacks Mm -hmm. at the end of the trailer and was like hey these are the stories you want to read blue beetle and i was like okay well last time this happened with supergirl they immediately went out of stock so like I was in a movie theater and I saw that trailer and I went on my phone, went to Painter Lunar, ordered all three of those covers that were available, didn't even look too heavily at it. And then when they showed up, we had gotten 10 copies of one of the paperbacks, 10 copies of one of the paperbacks, but the Infinite Crisis, which is the only one that they showed and the only one that they had available to order was actually the $100 omnibus of Infinite Crisis or maybe $125. It's it's a big boy. It's a real big boy. Yeah, I so, just bought that this year. 
Yeah. Oh, like we could have given you half off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it put shops in a terrible spot because it wasn't sure. something that we could really afford to send back to them, but also had no, we still have half of them, you know, it, yeah. it's comic shops are so fragile, you know, that something like a series code being messed up and you ordering a thing or just being dumb like me and looking at a picture and assuming that that was the thing, like put us like 10 copies of $125 book is like that's $500 cost. Exactly. Is so like, yeah. it's a huge, yeah. huge amount of money. And fortunately, like those errors happen seldom enough to us that it wasn't, you know, world ending or anything, but I'm just that's, curious. That's tuition free. that we can pay. It's going to be three years before one of us forgets that lesson and does it again. Um, you know, like it's, it's not tuition we want to pay, but it's something that our store can can bounce back from also omnibuses go out of print and up in price so i was like maybe you go out of price fingers why why can't uh lessons be like fun and not cost money why can't you make a bunch of money off of a lesson and it just get burned into your brain the same way that losing a bunch of money that's a that's a good question brian uh you're into the psychology stuff like uh, i am this just offsets the time that we accidentally got sent 10 copies of the J. Michael Straczynski Amazing Spider-Man omnibus and kept them around. And then it went out of print and went up to like three or four hundred dollars. Oh, and we got wow. to sell some of them in the pandemic for that. Yeah. There you go. There yeah. you go. That's that's <laughs> karma, I think, is what they call Adventures it. in retail, everybody. <laughs> well, that kind of winds down industry. Now, will we have like a, a extra for industry yammer too, Jeff? Is Ooh. there going to be like a... Yeah, it's the intro one for the yams, except it's yeah. reversed. Is oh, it? It's like backwards. Is yeah, the exactly. tape reversed, or are you playing it backwards? Are the are the musicians okay? Tape reversed. Is it yeah, going to be like the, a full, yeah. like the extended cut is fifteen minutes, like the average tool song, right? Just like a fifteen. Yeah. Minute, Let's pull up what the average tool song length is. Eight minutes. So I saw a tool Speaking recently, data. and yeah. literally, oh, did you really? Yeah, and literally every song was fifteen. They did nine songs and we're on stage for two hours and 40 minutes uh the average song is six minutes and three seconds uh that's, did you have a good time that's, with if you, it, that's if you don't listen to the the current album which is like 12. no it was great but there was one point where i actually thought that i may be in uh in purgatory because mm. the sounds were hitting me in a way like the way that they kind of reverberate were hitting me in a way that it was actually physically painful to me and it had gone on for 12 minutes and yeah just like, yeah you and gotta look, be careful with how much acid you take before a tool show <laughs> i looked at my buddy and i was like are we in are we in he double hockey sticks right now or is it just me he's like no this sucks this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right uh let's let's get into shop talk so this is the yeah. this is gonna be the piano like it's a little ding 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 no ding, this ding, is just ding, a tool ding, cover ding. song oh god <laughs> i love tool i love tool uh and i'm glad yeah. we've narrowed we've glad we've zeroed in on that django's had a long-standing make fun of tool thing with me and i'm glad that I don't know if he told you or if it's just no. universal so, that people hate Tool, but this is this is perfect. So like Tool it. is my third favorite Maynard band. It's it goes Pussifer <laughs> of the three circle, he has, and then and then Tool. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I love Pussifer. They're my favorite band. Yeah, Let, let's a little bit. let's talk a little Top Shock. Top Shock. Top Shock. Top Shock. Chuck. Chuck. That's a Tool album. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about your number one shelf and your new this week and your new last week shelves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we this is this is big. 
Yeah, that's a big change in our store. Uh, this was inspired by a shop I went to in, uh, I believe it was Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and they had a display that was just recent number ones. And then they also had their, their wall books and everything on for, for a series that have come out recently. But the recent number ones shelf tickled my brain in a way that, that I have kind of been digesting and discussing like we've been talking about this for a while right jeff like well yeah so probably context the way that our store runs is we have several walls hmm. that are divided largely by publisher marvel dc and then anything smaller than that and it has all of the books that we order shelf copies for on that offsets a different area of the store where we have these three enormous red bookshelves where historically we, every new week, fill two of those shelves with the new issues that came out this week. And then the third one we fill with graphic novels. Um, there, And kind of the other main way to do it that I've seen in stores forever is by having, instead of a new book wall and the separate one they have a giant one either separated by publisher or just strictly alphabetical where they will mm -hmm. put the new comics up and mm -hmm. may or may not have like a tag that says new this week or new last week um and so that duality is something genuine i've been talking about for probably four or five years changing yeah um what was cool was seeing the the place that has just this little highlighted number one shelf as well and that kind of caused a distinction with which is what Django really wanted to try with. Yeah, it was um, big adventure comics in Santa Fe, yeah. New Mexico. But what we just recently did was implemented that. And we're doing it slightly our own way. And I don't think it's going to be how it finally all shakes out. We started this one week before Christmas, if, if you want to explain it, Django. Yeah, so we have, instead of two big shelves of everything new that came out this week, we have one shelf that holds maybe 40 books or so, maybe 60 books. Um, and we're focusing on putting first issues and really good jumping on points on there. Um, everything else after an issue number twos, sorry, after the second issue of a book comes out, we put it on our regular wall. And that wall is a mix of comics that came out last week, all the way back six months or so. And we have little tags in front of each book that tells you whether it came out this week or last week, or if it's like a staff pick or whatever, but that way, um, weekly, what Wednesday warriors or weekly customers can come in, they can get uh, at a glance, they can see what's a new series, what's something they should try out. And then if they happen to miss a week, then they can go along the wall and see numbers two, three, four, five, six, seven along the, the main recent comics wall. So they don't have to come in every single week to see, uh, what's new. And I think it also gives us uh, an interesting advantage of somebody new to the store isn't dazzled with all these issue 26s. Mm -hmm. um, they, they're they like, oh, this is a place that I can start as a new person to comics. It's um, a huge thing to change about a comic shop, though, because the mm -hmm. way that the weekly new stuff is displayed is what most of your returning customers are going for to experience yeah. the new comics that week uh, our comic shop had been doing it this way uh listeners know Django and i inherited the store a while ago but the store has been open for 30 some years before we were involved and they had done the new comic shelf so the thing that can be kind of scary about changing something like that is that 
that new comic shelf fills sort of a community and social role. You go yeah. in and every Wednesday you are hearing strangers or people that kind of know each other standing in front of those new books, interacting with one another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fear is losing that thing. Right. Um, but, but the on the flip side, it might expand it. We don't know yet. Yeah. Right. And but like the positives of it are, again, like, the you know, people aren't just seeing a bunch of random in the middle issues um, but you're also forcing people to look at the new week's comics immediately next to previous comics so if something right. didn't grab their attention on a wednesday they can still do it three weeks from now because they're forced into that area of the store more um it's it's lots of pros and cons they also like when you do the math of how much one faced out comic does like how much money it makes you in your store uh, the idea of dedicating that much retail space to books that might not sell is yeah. dangerous. So a particular strength of doing it this way is if you can then use that shelf space that you freed up in a really positive way. And I don't think yet that we've found that. I don't think well, you don't think a giant display of Watchmen is a. <laughs> I don't I don't think we've sold much from what is. in. No, we've shelf. sold nothing off that shelf yet, but right. we'll, we'll dial that in. Exactly. So like. Again, there's something to be said for making large moves while also knowing how you want to like use the space that you freed up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's not necessarily a great advantage to doing something unless you're uh, uh, making a big change, unless you are able to immediately go into the thing that's going to be making you that increased money or that increased amount of communication. No doubt that it's going to find that spot. Um, yeah. Just implementing at Christmas is a tricky time to do it, but yeah. it's just a... Yeah. It's a maybe seems boring or small to people, but it is a huge cultural shift. And the amount of explanation it's taken, you know, through two weeks is not uh, negligible. Like you have to reorient people. The other interesting thing that we're going to be able to do um, in Comic Shop Assistant a a few months ago, I built a report that tells us how many how many copies of a comic have sold off the shelf versus out of pulls. So we can see what the shelf sales velocity is on something versus the pull sales velocity. And um, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see if this change changes that at all. If it Mm. doesn't change it, cool. If it changes it in a positive way and we sell more off the shelf, even cooler. Um, I don't think that we're going to see fewer sales off the shelf, but we might. And in that case, that's something we're going to have to reconcile and and decide if we want to roll back or, or stay the course. Yeah, yeah, I predict yeah. we'll see increased sales of certain types of categories and di- different, like decreased in other things. I think your like yeah. weekly B covers are going to sell less. Um, yeah. But if you're listening and you run a comic shop or you are a customer at a comic shop and you are familiar with one of those two ways of racking books, or if you've tried multiple ways, what worked for you and what didn't work for you, or what were the reasons that you didn't want to do that, or what pushed you towards making a shift like that? We would what do love, you do that we haven't even considered yet? Yeah, we love hearing that stuff. So please give us your feedback. And if you're if you're on like a social media and you you know post that, then um, let's let's create a new tag right now. Hashtag Data Bros and tag us in it and and show us you know show off your store, show us what you've done. I was wondering, can you guys take a couple of pictures and put them on the Comics Place uh, Instagram, and I'll include it in the show notes? Do you think that'd be definitely? Possible? Yeah. yeah. How yeah, we're yeah, back in new then. week's books. Yeah, we'll, we'll show kind of what that looks like. Maybe you can I'll do Photoshop a more accurate sign in there. 
There you go. And we'll do a whole rack of uh, how to sell, uh, how to talk to your cat about gun control too. Yeah. One of those in there as well. (laughs) All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Listen, we went a little long. It's 37 minutes and 36 seconds. I think we'll, you know, I can cut a little bit out to try and get us closer to a tight 30, but this was a, this was a great conversation. Thank you to everyone who is listening. If you want to send us a message, Jeff, how do they do that? They can send us an email to podcast at databrosinc.com. That's right. That's podcast at databrosinc.com. And where can they find you guys on on the socials and various places? Django. Oh, I've been gliding through the Mysterium lately, so it's hard to track me down. But you can always get me at jeff at thecomicsplace.com or at jeff-figley on Venmo. And I'm... I love the Venmo. <laughs> uh, you can just search Django Boren on most social media. Um, if you're lucky, you can find me on Be Real, and you can get little snippets of my code as I take pictures of it every single day because I'm always sitting in this chair. And or how do people follow, get to the far side? You, you can follow pretty good TikToks on uh, on TikTok. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, pretty oh, good. Wow, pretty good the... TikTok videos. I think is the handle it's, for, for it's my TikTok. It's my favorite. It's the only reason I subscribe to TikTok. <laughs> um, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't include a shout out and thank you to Murphy's Apple Juice for being the first sponsor for Data Bros. Oh, Murphy's, um, for sure. Murphy's Apple Juice. They Venmo Juice, you? They Venmoed me 30% of what it's supposed to be, which is sort of some of the contention that's going on with us and Murphy's well, Apple Juice. That's why we right haven't now. mentioned them for the last two episodes because even though I just feel like. Sponsor, it's a good faith act to say yeah. we appreciate your support Murphy's apple juice. It's not the taste, it's the shape, but it's also the taste. Bob Murphy, if you could give us a, you know, a quick email to the podcast at, at uh, data bros Inc and tell us kind of what's going on with, uh, with our ongoing sponsorship, we'd really appreciate it. So we're assuming positive intent for now. Yeah. All right. And your, your side project is, or your special oh, project uh, is? Our, our side project. <laughs> the thing that Jeff and I just kind of pick away at in our yeah, spare time, Brian. Thing that you did for is, 17 hours. Uh, intro yesterday. music. <laughs> intro, uh, uh, comic shop assistant, uh, comic book, web-based comic book, retail software, point of sale, manager, messenger, reporter, <laughs> order machine. <laughs> Common shop side. management made easy. <laughs> That's right. And when I am not hosted, co-hosting a podcast with these two fine gentlemen, I'm running Managed Comics, and you can find us on all your social medias at Managed Comics. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And we we do a and also be. I don't know what Be Real is, but I'll <laughs> figure that one out. And uh, God, I'm getting older by the day. You know, guys, I'm yeah. getting older by the day. Hey, you were and a recently. Oh yeah, it's true. <laughs> that same week, I was also at a Depeche Mode show. So, and that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Tune in next week. See you next week. Bye, Datas. The Data Bros is a joint project from the teams behind Comic Shop Assistant and Manage Comics. Data Bros are. Django Boren, Jeff Figley, and Brian Garside. Brian Garside produces and edits the episode. And you'll find more about the Data Bros online at databrosinc.com. Subscribe, like, and review the Data Bros on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.